The Start On Demand. On demand. Happy Jets Day. The Stanley Cup playoffs start tonight, or should I say, the North American Ice Hockey League Championships. To celebrate our excitement, we'll talk about using the Winnipeg Whiteout street parties to help further sell the downtown, and we'll talk about our favorite pump-up songs. That topic was inspired by another chat you'll hear today with the music guy from the Brandon Wheat Kings who reached out to us Tuesday after we were talking about superstitions and he says sometimes he gets blamed if the Wheaties lose. We'll also tell you the story of a determined St. James woman whose cat Sage went missing eight months ago. Drew is this woman's name and she is not giving up. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Wednesday, April 10th podcast for The Start. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg, does this music give you goosebumps beyond the fact that it's just a great classic song does it give you goosebumps beyond that given its connotation its context it's linked to the winnipeg jets yeah it's a combination of two of my favorite things on the planet van halen and the winnipeg jets it's, it was always the perfect song for me yes it brings back amazing memories and uh, gave me the chills there just for a second looking forward to tonight it's a really big game The Jets really need to win this first game to set some minds at ease. The collective soul of Winnipeg will be in a much better place should Winnipeg beat St. Louis in game one tonight. Now, just for the the history of the Van Halen stuff, for people like me who, honestly, I've been to two Jets games in my life. I never went to a Jets 1.0 game. Really? Yeah, which some, I guess, would argue it makes me a bad Winnipeg. No, no. Hockey was never a thing in our family. No, no, no. And I, I did go to the uh, the, the very first preseason game when they came back, I had a, the privilege of going to that. That was electrifying. But what's the history with the Van Halen jump? The Jets came out to this song for probably six, seven years before they left in 1996. This was their entrance music. And then last year or two years ago, I guess it was two years they, ago. They didn't come back to it. Like when the Jets 2.0 returned. It wasn't immediately back to Van Halen. No, they just they used this for the goal song for one year. Mm-hmm. That was the year that they did the Heritage Classic, introduced the Heritage Classic jerseys. I guess it was their fifth season okay. back. So there are some people that didn't like going back in time. I I love it whenever they play pay homage to uh, the good old days. The good old days are right now. Let's face it, the Jets have now won uh, two series, which is just as many series as the Jets won in 16 years <laughs> at 1.0. So yeah. let's uh, get a couple more under our belt this year and uh, see what we can do. It's the same with the whiteout tradition. Could you imagine if we had tried to adopt something else? I know when we made the playoffs the first time uh, in the second incarnation of the Jets, there was some talk like, oh, we're still going to do the whiteout. You know, don't we have anything new? And I was like, what? It looks amazing. Like, you don't want to you don't want to not go back to that, right? Well, let's face it. Uh, uh, certain factions and maybe the most important person at True North Sports and Entertainment, Mark Chipman, really didn't want to name the Jets the Jets. Yeah. Uh, but realized pretty quick he might have no choice. <laughs> and I don't think they go back and adjust the decision to name the team Jets again. But all indications were that it was going to be anything but Jets. Yeah, was it like the... Was it Polar? Was it, I can't remember now. Was polar it? Bears was was mentioned. Falcons was mentioned. There were a couple other different options that seemed to be floating around. But, you know, when you see the Manitoba Moose wear those Polar Bear jerseys, they wear those at least once a year as a fundraiser for the Cinnaboyne Park Zoo Conservancy. You know, you can see why the Boston Bruins might not have been too happy. Bears, Bruins. Mm. So, uh, but those polar bear jerseys that the moose wear, ooh, they are spectacular yeah. in the in the color setup that the moose have. Anyway, tonight's a, a big night and uh, can't wait. And their jets are getting some air support. Four Royal Canadian Air Force training jets are going to fly over Bell MTS Place at approximately 7 o'clock to kick off the first home game of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So much to discuss this morning. I don't morning. know why, but I love that. It's like a three... 
two and a half second moment, and everybody's just like, yeah, that's over. <laughs> but it's great. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been down there for it last year when they flew over, and then also on my drive home, I've been going down the highway, and then there's the jet. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's beside you, but you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. And then it's gone again, too. It goes so quickly, but it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat to see them either warming up or to catch them somewhere else in their flight path because they do fly amazingly low. Last year, I, see them like that. I interviewed the dad who, one of the pilots, and his kids just coincidentally were in Winnipeg. They had they have family here, and they had visited, and the daughter broke her leg, which was actually turned out to be good luck because they got to see the dad fly by. But oh, wow. imagine going to watch dad at work. It would be the same thing. There's your dad! Yeah, it's gone. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, but they were in the crowd below, and he was above, so it's cool for lots of people. Well, There's lots of connections, and it's just cool. Like, if, let's say you're not at the game; you just say you're at home or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can hear. Like, if it, you live in a quiet neighborhood, you for can sure. hear that thing coming for miles away. You just hear this kind of, yeah. And then as it approaches, like, what is that? You can you're in your house, you can hear it. You go out, and then vroom goes by. It's just one of those rare occurrences that. It's so neat to see a plane flying by so fast, so low. So, yeah, it's cool. And that, 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 that's going to kick off the whiteout party, going to kick off the Stanley Cup. Great playoffs. part of the celebration, without doubt. You know, I've heard this song <laughs> enough times to last me many lifetimes, but... When this part of the song comes on, it stirs something inside me. It's Mackling McGarry McNabb, and this was one of Greg's suggestions for pump-up songs. Especially when it, like, if you can match the picture to the song, so you see the team coming out, or towels waving in the air, or fans chanting, like, the image with the music really yeah. gets you. Yeah, so at 845, we're going to talk to the music guy from the Brandon Wheat Kings because he messaged us yesterday when we were talking about superstitions and he would say the players and the public would get mad at him. They'd blame him if he played the music at the wrong time or played the wrong song. But he was talking about pump-up songs, so we thought we would have a conversation about your favorite pump-up song, whether it's in the context of something like a Jets game tonight or if it's just a song you like to hear when you need to get going. So Jeff Braun's here, Kelly Moore's here, Jeff Forte. Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you? Because I have a feeling you've got something weird. Well, usually in a situation like this, I bring like a Slayer song or something horrible like that along, but I brought something a little lighter than Slayer this time. It's some Metallica. Right now, is there <laughs> it's her song Blackened from Injustice for All. It's a it's a really good one. And what is, what is it about this particular tune just, of all of their music? It's just the the drive it's got is just this unrelenting uh you can hear. It's just yeah. the drums, it just keeps going and going and going. It's awesome. Speaking of drums, Forte, you are a drummer. I sure am. So do you what do you like the, the drum beat of this particular tune? Oh yeah. Could it you really do gets this? it going. It really I, I can't I can't play it. <laughs> Like, I can't even get my hands to double bass. See what it's doing. Double bass action on this one. Two feet and two hands alone. Yeah, that double double kick drum drives me. uh, I I don't know how they do that. Forte, what's your tune? Of course. I almost picked this one. Really? Yeah. Wasn't there a story of the guy who got a speeding ticket because he got really into the song? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it was this one, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was me in 93. What a great excuse, eh? I was just really into this song, Officer. I'm sorry. I bet you that happens all the time, though. No, no Motley Crue made me do it, excuse I had my top <laughs> down one day, just right over here at Ness and St. James, and I had this song blurred, and I'm singing along, and this very pretty woman pulled up, and this, she just said, Shaking her head. Do not quit your day job. <laughs> uh, so here's one from... Well, Kelly, would you like to introduce your selection? Well, it, obviously, it's not going to be as headbanging as Braun or Forte, but th- this was just a song that was a really, really huge hit. And back in the at that particular time, I was very much involved in sports play-by-play and that, and it... It's just a song where it didn't matter what kind of a mood I was in or what I was doing. I just absolutely love this song. 
And now, of course, Jeff Braun will say, I almost picked this one, too. You, you, you've had your glory days. <laughs> no, Bruce, Bruce boss, is gone. It's one of the best songs. Yeah. yeah, no, this is a classic. And you're right. This is one of those just classic feel-good yeah. songs. Yeah, it's hard to resist. And when you, when you watch the video, too, like the E Street Band yes. are just, to me, they're the all-time great. Well, the ace in the whole band for George Strait is right there, too. But anyway. I just, uh, I'm picturing Kelly with, like, that Elaine kick from Seinfeld. Like, yes, this is the best part of the night. Kelly Moore is dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Those I'm were the glory dance. days, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm picturing Lorraine McNabb dancing like, like, uh, oh, Elaine. Elaine yeah. Yeah. I love to dance. And legs everywhere. And exactly, and I don't care. I love to dance. You want to tee up your this tune? This next song is so bizarre for me, but it's the same thing. It's when I picture it. I can't remember which team comes out to it. Maybe it used to be the Pittsburgh Penguins a few years ago, but my kids love this because they like to try to keep up. Goodness. <laughs> I love this in the car, like if we're on the way somewhere and everyone's tired. Master, I, unfortunately, I googled what Master of Puppets li- lyrics are about, and I think it's about heroin addiction. Oh my so goodness! It's, it's about the horse of drug abuse. Yes. Yeah. So you know, as the kids are like drumming in the back seat, you're like, don't listen to the lyrics, children. Well, it's funny how some songs that sound well. I mean, this doesn't necessarily sound happy, but it pumps you up. But you know, the song "Pumped Up Kicks" by Foster the People, one oh. of the happiest sounding songs there is, but it's about school shootings. Right. It's tragic. Right. Isn't that a, a, a classic, Kelly? I turn to you. That song, Seasons in the Sun, that's got a, that's a really about dying, isn't it? It is, yeah. but yet it's a song that you would always sing along to. That's going way back into the that's 70s. That's Terry Jacks. That's Winnipeg's yeah. own Terry yes. Jacks, by the way. Yeah. What's yours, Mackling? Well, I just hit it? Just hit it. It's Van Halen, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah, See, I really. like this because this, this is not your classic, typical Van Halen song. No, this is Van Hagar and I I used to love to go to the top of Silver Star, put the Walkman on, <laughs> crank this up, and take a black diamond at full speed with a little VH in my ears. Nothing like it. Oh, man. How tight were those ski pants? Uh, pink, hot pink? Uh, mine were purple, actually. I had yeah, pink I boots, it. purple. My nickname on the hill at Silver Star was Barney. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and then for mine, I picked, uh, I went with a song, like what one that I enjoy in the context of sports, and I, I love this and hate it. Because just hearing it is giving me goosebumps, but I hate it because of who it's associated with. The song is called Serious by the Alan Parsons Project, and there's a professional basketball team from North Carolina, six foot six, number 23, Michael Jordan. This is a good one, Brett. This is the one, I think. Yeah. Because the crowd just gets to be part of it then. Yeah, I think he's about that. The announcer's going to come in here any second. But I, as much as I hated the Bulls, I... Oh. <laughs> So I, I would love that part of the game, and then I hated the rest of it because the Bulls would always go on to win. Yes, they would. But uh, that was a great. So let us know, 204-780-6868. Your favorite pump-up songs. Keep those texts coming in. And at 737, we are going to speak. Oh. What? <laughs> I'll pump up the jam. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody picked this one. Again, people. How about somebody just giving a whoopee cushion to me or something nope. like that? Nope. Some technotronic. Oh. At 737, we'll speak to the St. James woman who has spent over a thousand bucks trying to find her cat. It's Mackley, McGarry, McNabb, Jeff Braun with Global News at 7. Next. That's where the party's at and you find out if you do that. How far would you go to find a missing pet? How much would you be willing to spend? Well, as far as our next guest is concerned, there are, and to use two unlimited parlance, no limits. No, Drew Barron's cat went missing eight months ago, and since then she's blanketed her St. James neighborhood with at least 1,000 flyers. There's been a Facebook page created, and she has even hired a pet detective to help in the search. It's led to hundreds of tips, but still no cat. Despite this, Drew is not giving up, and she joins us on the phone now to share her story in hopes of finding her beloved pet. Good morning, Drew. 
Good morning, Lauren. How are you? We're good. I hear you've been on quite the mission the last eight months. Your cat's name is Sage. What happened in August when she disappeared? Oh, yeah, it has been crazy. So at first we had thought that she was just hiding inside somewhere. It was a Monday, uh, August 27th of last year. And I wasn't home when this happened, but she got out sometime after 1 p.m. ish. And it's like she had just disappeared into thin air. Like we searched the neighborhood all day and she was nowhere to be found. And no one we had talked to had seen her. Yeah, she was just gone. Was she a cat that would clamor to get outdoors without a leash or anything like that, Drew? Oh, oh, always, always. She would sneak out at any chance that she could. Um, She is quite familiar with the outdoors because we would take her on walks, on and off leash. Uh, So she's she's been outside quite a bit supervised. So she's been outside now or, or somewhere as far as you're concerned for the last eight months. How many hours and dollars do you think you've put into this search for Sage? Oh, boy. So it has been well over... Well over a thousand dollars, but I stopped keeping track quite a while ago, and and yeah, time is just every day, every chance I get. I haven't done much else than than trying to look for her because it's just so strange that she had just up and disappeared like this. What's the longest your cat has ever been outside unsupervised and come back? Uh. Maybe a couple hours on her own, maybe. So the search for Sage has been posters, there's been flyers, and, and a pet detective. And I don't want to sound glib here, but I thought that was sort of a thing just for the movies. But it's not just Ace Ventura, that's a thing? That's a thing, yeah. So so did I. I thought that was just, just in the movies as well. But when I was doing all my research, I had come across some, some good sites, and, and they had referred some pet detectives and pet experts. So I've sought advice from them and try to follow everything as best as I can. What's some of that advice been? Um, where to look, where to look, like drawer, drains, sewers, sheds, best times, uh, how to look for her based on her personality. She's, she's a shyer cat. So that's different than a cat that would just walk up to anybody, any stranger. Uh, Where to put posters. She's even made me a poster, helped me create them. Um, Other ways to advertise. Uh, Tips on feeding stations and how to set those up and how to set up trail cams. (laughs) Wow. Drew, there must be some people in your circle who are saying, why are you doing this? Like It's eight months. It's eight months. It's it's probably obvious what happened here, but you you need some answers here. Clearly, what what do you say to those who are who are wondering why you you continue this pursuit? Yeah, I've basically just told them not to be negative. That I have to keep positive, and that it's still way too early to even think about giving up. Uh, So many cats are found after years and years, some even after 10 years, it just seems to be so typical that cats go missing for so long. And yeah, so I just, I try not to let it get to me (laughs) and try to keep positive. Well, how do you keep positive, Drew? Because as you mentioned, 10 years is a long time. It's a long time, but those stories really do help. And the more that I'm out there, I'm talking to people who have also lost their pets who have come back after years. And that really has been a huge help for me, just just knowing that it is so common, even though it seems so strange that they just they disappear and nobody ever sees them. At the end of the day, say, uh, Drew, this is about Sage and about the fact that she for you, she's a member of your family. So you wouldn't quit yeah. looking for a member of your family. That's right. Yeah. You don't give up on family. All right, Drew Barron joining us live on 680 CJOB. Drew, we wish you luck. Thank you for sharing your story with us about Thank your cat. It is Thank seven... you so much for having me on. And again, you can read more at cjob.com. We've linked the story to the 680 CJOB Instagram as the search for Sage continues. We had a cat that was living with another family before. It was gone for all oh, good six, seven weeks, showed up at the front door one day, and I'm like... That kitten's not a kitten anymore. We thought it was gone for good, 
and uh, opened up the door, ran right to Mama Cat, who had given birth to her just probably about two months before, maybe three months before. We thought the cat had found its way into someplace dangerous in the house. No, it slipped out. And the next day, there were posters on our street, people looking for mm-hmm. the cat. And it's like, uh, by the way, that's our cat. And, uh, what, you know, however you came into possession of the cat, um, Give it back. You're not getting it back. Well, there's a story right now that I'm reading out of Prince George. A cat survived a month in a in a shipping container That's coming right. from China. I read a book the other day that had me in tears. It was given to me by our 12 year old neighbor about a dog who disappeared, uh, ran away from like a foster home and was gone for two years and ran 400 kilometers and found its way back to its rightful owners. And so there's all sorts. I can see why it would be really hard to give up. And yeah, I, I mean, I could be the first to say, well, it's, it's a cat. But it's it's not a, it's her it's her family. Yeah, I when it's hard when you when you have a pet that you love. Uh, losing a pet can be just as hard, if not harder, in some cases than losing a member of your family because that pet is a member of your family. I still remember Greg. Uh, I had to to go with my sister, put down my cat Frankie, who had since been in my sister's care. Uh, we went in, I think, ten thirty in the morning on a Monday morning, and uh, I, I had to call you and say I can't come in. Or can you do the show on your own? Because I am a disaster right now. I was just a, a puddle. And uh, yeah, it's hard when you lose a pet. So I uh, wish Drew good luck and Godspeed in this search. And don't give up, Hope, Drew, because we hear these stories all the time sure of do. cats turning up years later. And so. people feel hurt what she's going through. Brian just texting to say, we have a cat at home, had her for five years. She means the world to us. We don't know what we would do without her. We know how this lady feels. And I think there's probably lots of owners out there that get it. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> That's still a good. This is still a good one, yeah. Oh, this is another classic pump-up song. How can you not want to just get up? Do you, I'm surprised Loren's hands aren't up spinning right now. I've, uh, my wrists are sore. <laughs> like, doing this, such a bad mob dance in here right now. <laughs> the Jets used this as their goal song one year, and... Uh, no. I mean, I like the song, don't get me wrong, but I don't want, I don't want it to be every game. No, I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it 150 times a season. No. no. Yeah. no. It's one of those songs you drop in once, like a grenade, you lob it in, you let it do its thing, and then you move on from it. But great suggestion at 204-780-6868. Keep those pump-up song suggestions coming in. And before we talk about weather and this massive storm that hit south of us, we just want to quickly uh, mention something about our previous segment. We were talking to Drew, whose cat Sage has been missing for over eight months, and she has spent over a thousand bucks in the search for Sage. And one of our listeners asked, was the cat tattooed or chipped? Yeah, I just checked with Drew and the cat was tattooed. So there's a couple pictures of the cat on our website, globalnews.ca or cgob.com, if you want to help her out in that search. And then after nine, in case you are a pet owner, we're going to talk to the Humane Society about the things you can do that might potentially help should you lose a pet and the the little checks and balances that might make a difference. Plus, also, I, I believe at the Humane Society, they do offer... Uh, counseling services too uh, for for owners about how to deal with this as you go through the process. Mackling, we uh, we've been making we've been sort of nervous. I know you've been nervous about hockey, but we've also been nervous about the weather as it pertains to its potential impact on the flood. And there was something that could have had a major impact on us. Boy, our loyal listener Jeff has been keeping us in the loop on this for going on four days now, keeping an eye on this storm that's been moving across or is now starting to move across the central United States from Colorado. You know the Colorado low, and sometimes they hit us, sometimes they don't. Mike Conkins joining us now from 201 Portage down at Portage in Maine at Global Television Studios. And Mike, uh, we like to think that sometimes there's a, a like a force field that keeps these Colorado lows from hitting Winnipeg directly. That force field is extending to Grand Forks or so, but this could have been a real different story if not for what, about 200 kilometers here. Yeah, and actually, the storm has kind of moved a little bit further north than what it was looking to be earlier in the week. Uh, looked like kind of Fargo was going to be at kind of the northern edge of it now well snowfall amounts for fargo have jumped significantly from just a little bit to probably seeing a little over 20 centimeters but some spots around western minnesota northern south dakota could potentially see around 50 centimeters of snow that is five zero not one five because that's that's a snowstorm but that's not a massive snowstorm uh and the winds are also going to be kicking up close to 80 kilometers an hour so this is going to be another huge one there are blizzards 
blizzard warnings. There's winter storm warnings that stretch from Colorado through Wyoming, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota. And they kind of butt up against uh, the Minnesota-Northwestern Ontario border. And we'll probably see some warnings get in, put in place for parts of Northwestern Ontario. There's a special weather statement in place now for Thunder Bay. Because Thunder Bay is going to get some snow. It's not going to be a big deal for us here in southern Manitoba. We we just get cooler weather because we're getting some northerly winds. So really miss this one. A lot of eyes will be on just those snowfalls amounts in Fargo in terms of just the precipitation that Red River just crested there Monday. And it looked like it was below the 2009 predicted flood stage. Do we have a sense of timing for that storm and when it's going to move in, Mike, for, for folks in Fargo? And then I guess when that watch begins for the floodwaters again. Yeah, as far as Fargo goes, we're well, today in general, we, we are going to be seeing more snow generally across the areas where the warnings are in place. But for Fargo specifically, as far as when the storm is going to have more of an impact, you can look forward to that more towards tonight and carrying into the morning. So tonight it's going to be very heavy snow around the Fargo area uh, and then uh, just a little bit less of that tomorrow. But the snowfall accumulations will likely still end up being at 20 plus centimeters. By the time you get to Grand Forks, the numbers dropped significantly, so I mentioned Fargo was kind of on the northern edge before. Now it's kind of closer to Grand Forks, but Grand Forks will likely see around 5 centimeters-ish uh, of snowfall by the time things all wrap up. So really around Minnesota, it's kind of today until at least Friday afternoon when this storm is really going to be moving across the Midwest. We've been in constant contact with the National Weather Service in Fargo, and and so I guess uh, we thought our, our job and our interaction with, with them was more or less over, but I suspect we'll be speaking to them uh, heading into next week. Yeah, probably seeing those water levels staying high, but uh, yeah, kind of a fortunate circumstance for us that this is kind of happening after uh, after the crests. But when we get into the spring, like as much as we talk about getting a lot of snow in the winter, that's not exactly when we see our biggest storms. It's always the spring that you get the bigger ones where you have a little bit more opportunity to have more moisture in the air just because the temperatures are a little bit warmer. You don't get those big snowflakes when it's minus 25 degrees, you're going to get that when it's a bit closer to the freezing mark as more moisture can make its way into the air there. So we have this big storm that's fortunately avoiding us. And I personally, anyway, I'm not, I haven't uh, talked to the flood forecasters, but I feel like this is a pretty good scenario as far as timing for another big snowstorm to hit south. Mike Conkin, before we let you go, you were with us last night at the food fight at the RBC Convention Center in support of Silo Mission as 10 chefs competed for the winning small plate. Did you make it through all 10? Did you run the gauntlet? I did not. In preparation for a quick turnaround, I decided to eat small so I wouldn't be too energized. But I actually loved the meals. Uh, what was it? There was a crepe dish with a pulled... Was that the Winnipeg Manitoba? Mm-hmm. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. Okay, yes. That's uh, about thought... the time I snuck in line and, and took your spot, and then, <laughs> so I didn't have to wait as long, I think. Yeah, Schmoozy McGee was at the back of the line <laughs> until uh, and I politely made my way to the front, and then boom, someone Oh, I'm cut. with Coggin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with him. No, you're not. That's the classic <laughs> chat and cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta go. I see my spot in line's been held for me. <laughs> but yeah, the, the food is actually tremendous. I was very impressed with all of the stuff that they were able to put together. I wish I had tried the uh, the one with the quail egg on the inside. I thought that one uh, would have been a neat one, too. Oh, that to... one was uh, that was spectacular. So yeah, yeah. there were so many good choices there. Hell, Mike, thank you for very much for letting us know what we have missed in terms of the weather. Appreciate it, sir. My pleasure. Oh, yes. This is an excellent pump-up song. The Immigrant Song, Led Zeppelin. Another great suggestion at 204-780-6868 as the Jets get ready to open the Stanley Cup playoffs. We are asking you for your favorite pump-up songs at 204-780-6868. Michael Bublé tickets at 837. Maybe not the best pump-up music, but still wonderful music, so stand by for that. And in a moment, we're going to talk about using the whiteout parties to help further sell downtown Winnipeg. But there's a first... Scientists are going to unveil what? Well, you want to talk about Pumped Up? I just got off the phone with a local. Uh, he's, he writes a lot of science interest stuff. Uh, he's uh, an educator. He works out at the U of M often. He talks about space all the time. And he's super excited. He's one of thousands who are uh, watching this online stream right now of what is the first photo of a black hole. 
hole. And so black holes are basically a dense celestial entity. And that when the stars collapse, and they've been talked about it for years, it goes back to the theory of relativity of Albert Einstein. But the, they're so dense that no light can enter or escape and making it extraordinarily difficult to observe. And so somehow they've been able to capture these images. A team of scientists from Washington, Brussels, Santiago, Shanghai, Taipei, Tokyo, they're all doing this news conference simultaneously right now because that's how excited the world of astronomy is about these images. And so I just got off the phone with Chris Rutowski who gave me a quick breakdown. It's going to be uh, the first imagery of a black hole uh, that's been theorized for all these uh, years, and uh, you know we've uh, speculated on what happens when you look into one, but this is the first time that astronomers have been able to actually get a uh, photograph, or an image anyways, of what a black hole looks like, and it probably is going to change a few textbooks. Chris, are you excited? Uh, it's kind of cool. It, it's, I think it's it's going to be pretty cool. Ufologist Chris Rutkowski <laughs> on the black hole and the headline at cjob.com, globalnews.ca. Scientists expected to unveil the first photo of a black hole. There is a live stream of that, and we'll share some of those pictures with you when we can. Greg, the Whiteout Street Party begins tonight to coincide, of course, with the Stanley Cup playoffs, or as I like to say, the North American Ice Hockey League Championships. You say it usually a little bit more aggressively and louder than that, but we know where you're coming from. And I think uh, in the past, a lot of folks have wondered, why isn't the downtown take advantage of, I know I've heard it certainly during the Santa Claus Parade. Why don't businesses open up on the evening of the Santa Claus Parade to take advantage of 60,000 people or more in the downtown? Kate Fenske with uh, Downtown Winnipeg Biz joins us now. And, and Kate, uh, you're new in your position. Uh, is this a new thing for Downtown Winnipeg Biz? Other than restaurants and lounges, trying to take advantage of a big crowd in the downtown. What's going to happen? How are you looking to do this? Yeah, we're really excited. Um, I think we might even be more excited than those scientists for the black hole uh, <laughs> to welcome folks downtown today. It, um, and, and last year was great. It was kind of an unknown. It was the first time they did the street parties. And so, um, you know, restaurants, bars, weren't exactly sure what to expect. This year, we know there's going to be tens of thousands uh, of people throughout the course of the playoffs uh, coming downtown. And what is so cool is businesses are really getting on board, welcoming people downtown. Um, on our website at downtownwinnipegbiz.com, um, what we did was we asked businesses, are you doing anything special uh, for the, the home games or to watch the game? And I'm like scrolling through the list here and we've got a list of where to watch games and it's Alt Hotel and Brown Social House and Capital Bar and Grill and Garrick Hotel and Gary Street Cake. The list goes on and on. And a lot of them are actually doing uh, special jet specials too. So for example, like Tipsy Cow, if you head there right across from Bell MTS Place, uh, $4 Jet Spears, $16 Jet Special, Burger Fries and a Beer Combo. So everyone's really getting on board to welcome people downtown. Um, it's kind of like get out there, enjoy the street parties, but also come have a bite to eat, go for a beer after, and just see uh, what the businesses are, are doing downtown. There's a lot of great spots uh, and coffee shops this morning. I uh, just popped into Tom Bargain uh, at Kennedy and Graham. Uh, one special thing that we've done this year is uh, offered some freebies. So we've got downtown Winnipeg uh, free coffee tumblers and some pint glasses uh, over uh, 20 destinations. They are very limited quantities. So actually, Tom Bargain already ran out of them before 8 a.m., but you can still grab some at a few other spots, Fools and Horses, Human Beings, Santa Soup House. Uh, so really, it's just getting everyone excited. Um, I was walking out of uh, a coffee shop this morning, and, you know, it was kind of like, Happy Jets Day. <laughs> it's kinda like, what do you say? So go Jets go, and Happy Jets Day. We're really excited about welcoming everyone downtown today. Well, last night, as we were leaving the convention center in the Silo Mission Dinner, Brett wished me Happy Jets Miss Eve <laughs> as I <laughs> left the convention center. So he put it into context, and I think a lot of people are feeling feeling that way. Kate, you mentioned the Garrick Hotel, and that is the place that my brother discovered when he couldn't get into the first White Oak party last year and went over there and watched. I think he ended up there for four different games, sort of a head hidden gem. He thought it was the coolest place to watch a game, and he never, ever set foot in that establishment prior to a year ago. And so I, I think it's a testimony and a testament to the fact that there are a lot of places downtown that we, A, may not even realize exist and be if we know they exist we've maybe never walked in their front door Exactly, and it's so cool that you brought up the Garrick Hotel. I actually just uh, had a little tour there and got a piece of the history uh, two weeks ago. You know, you're looking at a hotel bar from 1906, 
and they really paid tribute to the history of the bar and you can kind of go in like if you're looking for a cool dive bar um, to just go and chill they've got the game up they've got the uh, the red light that's going to be going when the Jets score so everyone's getting on board and, and I think it is a really good time you know if you don't come downtown regularly this is a time to come check it out see what's happening and maybe you know find your favorite sandwich find your favorite burger find a new place to kick back and relax with your friends and just enjoy the Jets games. Kate, have you ever thought about going into the t-shirt business? Monday you introduced us to the phrase grage to describe (laughs) the Bay Gray and then I hear this happy Jets day. I just think, you know, there's a secondary business we need to talk about downtown. Well, you know what? It's funny. We've actually, uh, we've started (laughs) t-shirts. So we've actually got one of our graphic designers here uh, came up with Dwell Brand, uh, downtown Winnipeg uh, lifestyle and uh, line. And so we've got black t-shirts that just are really cool, slick design that say downtown Winnipeg. And we just got in uh, white versions of them for the whiteout party. So some of the staff you'll be seeing in restaurants wearing downtown Winnipeg t-shirts. All right. Well, Kate Fenske, CEO of the Downtown Winnipeg Biz, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, as always. We appreciate the time and access. Thanks, and happy Jets Day. Happy Jets Day, indeed. Greg, now we want to talk about mental illness. Yeah, each year, one in five Canadians will personally experience a mental illness. And by age 40, about 50% of the population will have or will have had a mental illness. The inpatient program at St. Boniface Hospital has 32 beds and admits more than 300 patients annually. The outpatient program... Just as busy, 14,000 visits annually. St. Boniface Hospital Foundation is launching a $1.6 million fundraising campaign for renovations and improvements to the McEwen building in which the hospital provides dedicated inpatient and outpatient mental health services. The president and CEO of the St. Boniface Hospital Foundation is Vince Barletti. joins us in studio this morning. And Vince, you're giving us a sneak peek at this announcement because you're on your way there now, but you've uh, graced us with with your presence this morning to to make this announcement with us this morning. Well, we appreciate great. it. Well, thanks, Greg. It's great to be here in studio with you. And, you know, this is an incredibly important issue, and you gave some of the numbers right off the top, Greg, in terms of how mental illness impacts the entire community. And it's something I think uh, this community and more broadly we're becoming more aware of and breaking down the stigma of mental illness and trying to provide more resources for those who suffer from mental health challenges right here in our own community and starting with the McEwen Building at St. Boniface Hospital and this incredibly important campaign to show that building a little bit of love, Greg, and uh, and get the improvements it needs. How old is the building in terms of, you said, show it a little love, so I'm guessing there's been some aging, like well, like a lot of things, and it might need some upgrades? Absolutely. So the building itself actually wasn't built to be an inpatient building originally. It was built to be a doctor's residence originally back in the 1960s, and so it's been converted over the years and uh, serves the, as the, the home of the mental health program at, uh, at St. Boniface Hospital. Uh, but of course, you know, over the years, uh, it starts to look a little dreary. It starts to look like a place that perhaps where the building and the facilities don't match the level of quality and healing that the staff uh, provide to the patients. And so there's an opportunity to make some important renovations to the patient rooms, to the therapy rooms, the kitchen, the bathrooms, all of those facilities that are incredibly important for the healing process so that once you've, you've dealt with your treatments and, and, and dealing with your mental illness, you're able to get back out into the community in the most positive way possible. It might be kind of like your insides matching your outsides, you know, you want your mind to be healthy and you want to look good and feel good and if you're getting care in a building where it doesn't look good or feel good that could potentially impact how your road to recovery absolutely it's all part of the healing process and again we want to make sure those facilities are as top-notch as the care that the patients there uh, currently uh, currently receive and so we've got this campaign going as you mentioned a 1.6 million dollar fundraising campaign that we're launching today to support those patient care rooms those therapy rooms and we're asking the entire community to get involved Involved, uh, whether it's donations large and small, uh, looking to uh, get support to support this uh, this important renovation work in the McEwen building. So when you get started on this renovation, on this facelift, do you have like even something simple like a color palette in mind? Because there are some colors that, that are 
proven to mm. sort of help mm -hmm. soothe people, right? Absolutely. You know, and part of creating that more uh, more cheerful atmosphere, that more positive, upbeat atmosphere, whether it's through uh, the colors that are used, whether it's through the different furnishings that are used, whether it's in terms of the, the kitchen and bathroom facility. You've got a lot of people that have challenges with uh, uh, some of the independent life skills they need to get along in the world, and that meant their mental health challenges have made it difficult for them to get out of bed in the morning, to uh, brush their teeth in the morning, to do their hair in the morning, to cook food for themselves in a healthy way. And creating those facilities that are going to improve people's independent living skills are an incredible part of this renovation as well. We've seen so many changes throughout the hospital, woman and child area of the hospital, the NICU. Of course, the, the uh, area for cardiac care is spectacular. It's one of the great views of the city. You don't really want to get that view of the city, but if you find yourself in cardiac care, it's a, a spectacular spot to be cared for. And, you know, mental illness and, and mental wellness programs have come to the forefront over the last several years. And, and really, is it fair to say, Vince, that it's about time that this building got the attention that it's getting now? It's absolutely about time the building gets the attention it needs, but it's also about time we continue to have a, a more fulsome dialogue about mental health in this community altogether. It's connection with addictions as well, and I think we've heard a lot more about that. And I think what's been incredible for me as we've been developing this campaign for the McEwen building is hearing some of the stories. And we've had some uh, very courageous patients because even though we're talking about breaking down the stigma around mental illness, there is unfortunately still some of it there. And it takes a lot of courage for some of these patients to share their share their stories, whether it's Michael Damon and his his stories of mental health and, and addictions or Sherry Matsumoto, who's sharing her story of coping with schizophrenia. Uh, those are a couple of stories that you can see on our website, stbhf.ca, in our uh, My St. Boniface Hospital stories. You can see those up on the website today and other powerful stories including your own greg and i gotta thank you specifically for all you've done for saint boniface hospital all you've done to help us with this mental health campaign sharing your own stories and your own challenges with mental illness uh, i think it shows that really this these are illnesses that impact anybody and everybody here in the community yeah, i think it just goes to show that when you share your stories you're helping others uh it's therapeutic but i think for the most part it's letting others know that no matter where you are in your life that's not a forever place well, that's, that's right. And, I mean, and you can go to a place like St. Boniface Hospital. You can get into the McEwen building. You can get the care that you need. You don't need to live with your struggles. You don't need to walk your struggles alone. You can get the care that you need. And we're asking the community to help us out. And get on down to our website, stbhf.ca slash donate. Give us a call, 204-237-2067. Make a donation, large and small. It's going to make a big difference to getting these improvements uh, done over the next year, year and a half, as those renovations uh, take place and we make sure the McEwen building is the best facility it can be both from the the care and the building to get people on the healing road. And what was that website once again? The website once again, stbhf.ca, as in St. Boniface Hospital Foundation.ca, slash donate. Go check it out. See some of these stories that we've been talking about. Powerful stories and a great opportunity to support St. Boniface Hospital. And we have a text message. And it's a good thing you brought that up, the, the website, because somebody was asking, where do we donate? St. Boniface Hospital has some of the best care in North America. Mm. I had two operations there. So Vince Barletta, President and CEO of St. Boniface Hospital Foundation. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are under 12 hours to puck drop. And one of the questions we've been asking you this week is where you will be, where will you be watching from? And does that location change depending on how your team is doing? We were talking about superstitions yesterday, and that's when listener Tom Wenham reached out and said, if you think changing couches or restaurants or foods or your jersey, all in the name of helping your team win, is superstitious? Well, he says, try being the music guy for sporting events. Wenham spent about a decade playing songs with the Blue Bombers and more than 13 seasons with the Brandon Wee Kings and says what he played and when had even some players acting strangely. play the music, but is it ever dealer's choice here? Do you get your say in what you want to play? Well, at the start of that, at the start of the season, um, teams choose their own uh, warm up music, what motivates them at the start of the game to uh, to kind of get up there and uh, and get their game face on. So they choose their music for that. But other than that, uh, throughout the game, pretty well uh, my choice to play what I want to play. And uh, 
songs that will get the crowd going, songs that will get the players going, and um, and you know motivate uh, motivate both and have everyone have a you know a good experience. Anything by Two Unlimited still in the repertoire? <laughs> oh, definitely. Most definitely. Y'all ready for this? Why does that song continue and to endure? I don't know. It, you know what? It's uh, we, we, A number of years ago, we had a, um, uh, a time where they could uh, name the song that they wanted to play, and it seemed like every game they wanted uh, uh, they wanted that song. The latest one now is Uptown Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. You know the old hockey song, and, uh, and all of those are all kind of standards that, uh, that we try to get as, as often as we can. Now we know uh, baseball players like to have their particular music when they go up to bat, and we know that football and hockey players can be particularly superstitious in terms of how they get dressed, but when you reached out to us, you mentioned something with regards to the music that you play for the Wheat Kings and when it sort of has to start and what it needs to coincide with. Can you share a little bit more about that? Oh yeah, this was a number of, a number of years ago. Um, one of the one of the weekend goalies, the starting goalie, um, was uh, was very superstitious, and uh, you had to uh, when they were players were coming out for warm up, um, you had to be watching. And uh, the second he put his left foot on the ice, that was when the music had to start. And if you happened to miss it and got his right foot on the ice, chances are it could have thrown off his entire game. And uh, then at which point, you know, well, who do you blame but the music guy? And that quite often happens. So they. You would actually get feedback afterwards that the team lost or the game was bad because of the the millisecond that you missed the timing. Oh, you get you get you definitely get the comments. Um, I still remember too a number of years ago a tradition at, uh, at weekend games is when uh, when a win is inevitable. And nowadays you don't know when that is, but when a win is inevitable, we would always play uh, the old Neil Diamond Sweet Caroline. And uh, uh, that would usually happen in the last uh, two minutes, three minutes before the end of the game. And uh, um, and we were always told if the win's inevitable, then that's when we play it. So three minutes left in the game, we thought we better not play it yet. Two minutes left in the game, we said, we're going to play Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline, we were up by two goals, and we lost by one goal. The next day in the paper, said the fat lady usually sings when it's all over, and uh, the music guy kind of messed up. So I got blamed for that one, too. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of pressure on you. Oh, it is, it is, but it's it's enjoyable pressure. I've had uh, I've had people come up to me and uh, say, "You do the music for the Wheat Kings?" And say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for a number of years since I've always wanted to tell you, you, you are amazing at the organ." Well, little do they know that the organ is actually all computerized music. So uh, <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Well, the, the Wheat Kings have, have a tradition of uh, some different chants and different claps. I, I grew up going to Wheat King games myself and have fond memories of Keystone Center, but those. Those fans in Brandon, they expect pancakes at a certain point, don't they? Oh, most definitely. Yep, yeah, they they do, and um, uh, and a lot of the actually interestingly enough, a lot of the opposing teams don't really like to uh, like to come into the Keystone Center just because of the uh, because of the crowd and uh, and how they uh, how they get into uh, you know how they get into the game. Um, in some cases, the referees don't like it either because uh, sometimes we do have a tendency to pick on the referees as well. How many how many goals is it for free pancakes? Is it six? Uh, it was it was seven for a free pancake breakfast, um, and uh, that program has since uh, has since uh, quit. But they did have uh, uh, some discounts off of groceries and uh, half price uh, pizza and different things like that. So, does it depending on the size of the crowd? Does that make you nervous? Um, not at all. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing more. I mean, the Keystone Center holds about. 5,000 people. Um, playoff games, you know, we usually would get a sellout. Um, and uh, it just makes the job that much more fun when you can play something and, and the crowd recognizes, uh, you know, recognizes it and, uh, you know, clops along or sings along or does the actions to, a, you know, to a song. And uh, I had a memorable experience with doing this night up when you have 55,000 people and you play a, uh, if you're happy, you know, clap your hands, you have 55,000 people clapping their hands. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of a 
neat experience. All right, so we were in playoff week now for the Winnipeg Jets. If they need some help on the music front, what's your recommend, recommended piece to get the players pumped up and get the crowd pumped up? Oh, I think you got to do uh, you, you got to do two unlimited for sure. <laughs> And, and maximum overdrive is a really, really, really good piece that gets people motivated. I don't know. Being in the being in the Winnipeg uh, uh, Indian Jazz Center, I think I would be uh, I'd be like playing Joe Satriani the top beat from Top Gun to get the, to get the crowd going at the start of the game. Guy for the Brandon Weed Kings. It's Mackling McGarry and Some Rob Zombie Dragula. Another great pump up song. He's actually got lots of great pump up tunes. Isn't he coming to Winnipeg soon? Yes, that's right. Rob Zombie and, uh, oh, geez. Marilyn Manson? Yes. There's a combination. He's still a thing, Marilyn Manson? Apparently. Oh. Why not? Yeah, that would be a great combo. Um, but uh, we have a great email here, and you, you've been sending us these suggestions all morning at 204-780-6868, so thank you for that. Dennis, loyal listener, has emailed us this morning. Greg, what does Dennis have to well, say? Well, I want you to read at least the first two lines of this email, if you've got it in front of you, Brett. Happy, happy Jets Day, guys! Here we go. The NAIHC, or the North American Ice Hockey League Championships are here. According to Dennis, the best pump-up song is, guess what? Our national anthem. In the old whiteout days, Jets 1.0, we cheered through the anthem. We'd be so loud, I'm convinced I'm half deaf. Because the whiteouts in the old barn were so loud. Come on, 2.0 fans, get off your hands this year. Be louder this year. And that means right through the anthem, go Jets, go. And Dennis calls the Jets in seven games versus the Blues. Wow. Now, uh, cheering through the anthem. Yeah, I, that was my question. I don't know about cheering through the anthem. I, I'm not even, like, I get kind of, I'm a traditionalist, so even if someone yells out during the anthem. You or don't like, like the True North? I like the True North. That's part, that's, that's the lyric. So I'm okay with that. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to hear it. Now you found, I think Greg, you referenced that Chicago mm-hmm. is known for being boisterous through the anthem and McNabb, you went digging. Did you find some audio? I sent you a link of it. Oh, you uh, did? Yes. Okay, yeah, well, Chicago, me. I mean, there's... I could hit play, but I don't know what other button to hit to make well, that work. So. Let's hear, let's see. Oh, he's skipping ahead. Chicago, which takes it to a whole other level. That's a big rink, hey? Yeah, yes, so it's 22, huge. 23,000 yeah. when it's jam-packed. And it's so, so-called the United Center? It is. They're not singing along to the anthem here? They're just yelling? Or clapping? Or what's happening? You'll hear. There's a lot of yelling going on. Yeah, I mean, this is taken from somebody's cell phone. Yeah, but it's hooting and hollering, and there's no chant in the middle. It's just straight-on noise. And I love this guy singing. It- The singing's great, too. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, except for this is the American anthem. It's all right. Jim Coralson is his name, by the way. The guy singing? Yeah, he's one and of the best. this has been a long-standing tradition in Chicago to sing through the anthem. And so, do you remember doing that in the first Jets 1.0 about yeah, cheering oh, through the so. anthem? I think so, yes. Yeah, it, it started pretty early in the anthem, if not all the way through. Uh, very early in the anthem, and by the time the anthem was done, it had reached a crescendo, and uh, the place was going absolutely nuts. I like the end part. Yeah. I don't know about the whole thing. Coming up after Global News at 9.30, we're going to speak with Councillor Jeff Brawadi about road dollars. And by the way, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson, it's the Twins of Evil. Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson, the hell never dies to her. Jeff has connected with Jeff, and we've been waiting to hear when money from the federal gas tax will flow to Winnipeg and how much of it 
the city will spend. As we've been telling you for the past few weeks, Winnipeg expecting an extra $40 million plus in gas tax revenues from the feds. And yesterday, the mayor's inner circle, inner circle rather, voted on how it will be spent. North Kildonan City Councilor Jeff Prawati joins us now to explain. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Thanks for taking some time. We'll get your favorite pump-up song <laughs> at the end of this segment. Uh, but you and I don't always agree. We get along, but we don't always agree. Uh, you and I are going to agree on this one. What on earth is going on here? 19.25 of this $40 million going to regional streets. Uh, why isn't the whole thing going to regional streets? I, I thought we had a plan. Actually, it's uh, local streets. Yeah, we were ready. We were queued up. We had a, a project. We had work ready to go, about $40 million to be done this year. Um, the majority of it was going to go to local roads, but over two years. My preference would be, like, let's get it all in the, uh, done this year. I think the industry, as well as uh, Public Works Department, has the capacity to do it all this year. Um, again, we've been increasing. Like, since I've been on council, I'm, I'm now the senior member of council at this point. I've been on just over 12 years. Uh, my time, we've continually increased the amount of money we've put into roads. But I mean, if you look at the roads, if you talk to Winnipeggers, it's still not enough. There's still so many roads that need the attention. So uh, we've got a one-time uh, funding piece from the, uh, the federal government. It's a one-time doubling of the gas tax. Again, it's not doubling of what we pay at the pump, but it's uh, you know through other general revenue from the federal government and an opportunity here to restore the, the local roads program. Uh, EPC decided yesterday, rather than doing it all in one year, they're going to spread it out over two years as well as do some uh, take a, a small piece of the money uh, to go towards uh, road safety, which is you know a reasonable cause, as well as a little bit towards active transportation. What's the concern with deli- uh, pushing some of it to next year? I mean, the work is going to be there, and, it, and it, it potentially there might be an argument that at this stage in the game, is it hard to get those tenders going uh, when you didn't know you had the money there in the first place? Again, we actually were planning to have that money. There was sort of a confusion between the city and the province as to how much money there would be available uh, this year, uh, as well as even last year, um, changing sort of the the goalposts mid-year, it it appears. But again, uh, we have two elections coming up this year. I mean, the federal government says this is a one-time doubling. Maybe there's an opportunity to see more money there. Uh, We haven't heard. I mean, obviously, the province has uh, done a lot of uh, austere measures in their uh, their programming, whether it's, you know, in all sorts of different areas. Who knows? We will, there's a good chance we could have a provincial election before we have to deal with the, the 2020 um, programming. So maybe there's an opportunity to do more. Is there an opportunity in your mind, Jeff, to hammer out a, an agreement, a, a long-term, a five-year agreement that seemed to be rubber-stamped every five years between the city and the province to, to get this, uh, this funding as a more permanent fixture? It, it seemed as though the, the mayor believed it would become a fi- permanent fixture. Where do you stand on that one? Well, I think it was pretty clear that the program from the last government was a five-year program, and it, and it did have a, uh, a sunset in it. Um, it wasn't as prescribed or as um, uh, papered over, if you will, as, as other programs. Like when the provincial government has you know, agreed to you know, be a partner in a water treatment plant, it, it's spelled out very, very clearly, or even rapid transit part two. This five-year $250 million program was a little less formal. Um, it was you know, from the previous NDP government. And for the first several years of the program, my understanding is the uh, the province did pay uh, our 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 submissions you know, up to fifty million dollars a year on it. Um, again, there was the expectation we we said back in late uh, 20, uh, 2017, I guess it would have been uh, we we council passed its budget, and in that budget we had the, the expectation that we'd have that fifty million dollars from the province. Um, the province and people on Broadway are looking at the budgets. It would have been helpful if the, the province had said earlier on, hey, you know, we are counting other money that we've transferred to the city as part of it, and you're not going to see that. But, uh, but as, as best I can tell, that never happened. Is there an argument or a, a rationale at City Council right now that we should be looking at setting a benchmark or at least a threshold for road spending that comes back year over year as the number one issue for Winnipeggers when it comes to infrastructure? $116 million was spent last year, then we lowered it th- this year because of that funding discrepancy. Should we be trying to say, like, look, at minimum, this is X dollars that we want to put into our roads every single year as opposed to having it bounce around all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, something more predictable and 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 uh, would, would be better. Uh, but just again, up until last year, I mean, it was either the same every year, year over year, or increasing. It's it's increased significantly uh, in the twelve years since I've been on council. So seeing it going the other way is, is a problem. I mean, there's other pri- there's other priorities in the city, whether it's 
um, you know, our, our parks and playgrounds, our green spaces, uh, community clubs, swimming pools, you name it. Uh, but again, I think when it comes to the most pure, you know, basic infrastructure, roads are it. I mean, I, I use the analogy. I mean, uh, you know, we have swimming pools. So, I mean, investing in recreational infrastructure, uh, you know, while our, our most basic stuff is failing, uh, it is maybe questionable. Jeff Broadi, North Kildonan City Councilor, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Councilor Broadi, thank you very much. And before we let you go, off the top of your head, do you have a favorite pump-up song? It's got to be Jump by Van Halen. Oh, we opened this. And, and uh, you know, when before the game, I remember Jets 1.0, having uh, the mascot on the, field, on the, on the ice, and uh, Benny and the Jets by Elton John was, was always a, a good precursor to a game. All, All right, right, Jeff. Thank Counsel- you. Councillor Brawani joining us live on 680 CJOB. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.